Hello and welcome back to Miss D's Lunacy. Today I have a stunning beauty, a former actress and radio personality, who has now for the past 26 years continues to deliver drama, magic, bizarre. Let her take the stage and tell our audience her fascinating stories. Please let me introduce you to Alexi Aversa. Hello, Alexi, and thank you so much for joining us. Miss G, what an honor to be here, and thank you for that fabulous introduction. Well, I think you it's well-deserved, because I've never met anybody that is so multi-talented like yourself, and it's a pleasure to be in your company. You know, the paths of life take you places that you can't even begin to imagine. And I've been blessed. I wouldn't change one nuance of my life. And to be able to be here and recount some of the fun parts of it with you, uh, it's a, a, a really a gift and a pleasure. And also because we live in one of the places of the world, which is like a reality show unto itself. So absolutely <laughs> to be able to talk about my business in this amazing pocket of Palm Beach is also a glorious gift for me to share with you and and uh, listeners today. And it's amazing. It's amazing because her stories cannot end. First of all, she was an actress, which I think is remarkable because she was a very good one. So we want to hear a little bit about that because her life is so fascinating. I've got to break it up in little pieces. Otherwise, we're going to get confused. So as an actress. How did you get to do that? Well, so I grew up on the stage. You know, I was born on the stage, literally, because it's something, you know, when you say I was or I, you are an actress. Right. It's, it's something that I did, but it's still in me. So even though I left the actual physical stage, I still am always there with my audience who now travels with me, their experience events. I bring pageantry of former eras to life for them. And so we're all in the the play, the nuance together. But so I was acting. I, I did attend Brandeis and majored in theater. I was at the Loeb Theater at Harvard and uh, Al Pacino came one day to oh do God. Richard III with his entourage. Uh, and those were great memories and fun times. So when I graduated college, you know, I was going to go right to Hollywood or Broadway, and I went to an audition. There were a thousand people there. Twenty of them looked just like me. <laughs> and you said that I'm dark-haired? Well, they were looking for a blonde ingenue. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I said, okay, Lexi. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't willing to starve, and I, I'm sort of more pampered when I go to a restaurant dining than being prepared to wait tables. So I said, okay, I've got to get a, a real job. And I went hunting and I was offered the same day the assistant to the news director of the ABC affiliate in Boston or become a tour director on charters traveling the world. And I chose travel. Tough decision. Yeah, well, that was a, a very major decision because obviously if I was in the newsroom, that would have been a whole different set of circumstances and domino effect. But travel, I'm telling you, I was in my early 20s and I, it was me and 250 people on a charter plane. And I had celebrities, people from the U.S. cabinet, the control room at NASA, and as soon as they left the borders of the United States, they were lost lambs. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you were the director. I was it. I was mother, father, sister, lawyer, doctor, 
doormat, you know, and it was so exciting because here I was responsible really for all these people in countries all over the world. So fascinating. So I learned about the countries and what was special there is that I wasn't the tourist. I was working with the local people. So I got a sense of what they're really like. And there was no time to sit down and have a cup of tea, you know. We really had to get to work right away because we had all these people to take care of. Amazing. Amazing. It's such an incredible thing because, as you say, the world is our stage. And so few of us take the opportunity to actually really play in it. You know, we're all like, well, no, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And I feel the same way. My, the world is my stage. And I create my own stories and you create your stories and I create my life around me the way I think I should. And so many people are afraid to do so. And maybe they don't have the hoops. You don't need money to do this. You need imagination. And this is where your creativity came in. You had the imagination of choosing these wonderful places and going to these wonderful, it's a, it's a gift. Well, Miss D, you and I have a lot in common. That's why we get along so well <laughs> and understand each other. But it's really true. You can't train for this. You can't no. train for life. No. And it's using your resources and knowing how to turn on a dime because, I mean, I ran into some pretty dicey situations. Well, thank people. goodness you weren't in that boat that turned over. <laughs> well, I... I don't think I'm going to recount them all on the air, but uh, you grow up quickly. And I've seen countries transition. You know, I have brochures in my office from countries that don't even exist anymore. But I was traveling in Spain uh, a lot. And I used to do this wonderful circuito, we called it, with groups, which was Madrid, Sevilla, Tormolinos, and Marbella. So it was two weeks and looking at, you you know, they talk about the rain and plane, uh, whatever. Well, there are a lot of planes in Spain, <laughs> and there's a lot of olive trees, and I know every single one of them. But <clears throat> what's really interesting there is I was there during the time that Generalissimo Francisco Franco was still in power. Oh. And then the country transitioned. And, you know... I saw the different attitude from my colleagues, hoteliers, and uh, so you you grew up in the world scenario. And when you're, you know, I didn't mean, mean really to get into politics or anything like that today, but being in other countries and working with people there, sort of feet on the ground, you get a sense of it's the true. outer perspective of who we are from here. And when you are the ambassador, you meaning me, and I had 250, sometimes 350 people in tow with me, and we're the ambassadors carrying that message for our own country, you know? It was pretty cool. Because a lot of people didn't like Americans back in the day, too, you know? <laughs> there was a lot of anti-Americanism in Europe for a very long time. Well, there was, and then it transitioned to this great love, really a beautiful love affair. Um, so. And and the days of the the glory of uh, tourism without limit. I mean, I remember on Pan Am. I'm just to remember Pan Am, you know. Wonderful. And you'd go into first class, and they'd give you a menu, and then you'd go on the upper deck on the 747, and they would serve it to you. I mean, my goodness. It was a wonderful company. Yeah. It really. And there was some great days. There's a neighbor of mine who worked at Pan Am for many years. Her name is Carol French. She was not working as a stewardess. She was working behind the scenes, and she said it was magnificent. And they treated you with royalty. I mean, they treated the women so well. I, mean, I remember when I was a little girl, my mother and I used to get on a plane, and we'd wear gloves. 
mean, it was that fancy. You know, it's not now. It's just you might as well be looking at an armpit of some guy next to you, going, "Ah, <laughs> oh, no, no, no." But just, but how did you develop your clientele? This is also where I think your radio show came in to help. Well, gosh, you know, it all ties together. It's amazing how the stars align. And we, well, so I did work for other companies, and I was a guide in Europe for some summers, and every day was 75 degrees, no clouds, beautiful drive through the mountains. I'm sharing all these places with people. What a joy. So after that, and then I was running these large programs for corporations. I mean, we're talking multinational big firms where they would bring their top employees or their distributors and they would win a trip. And these trips had to be pie in the sky. And after a few years of that, I started my own company, Professional Touch International. And we do uh, really espouse the fact that we adhere to excellence and service. And, you know, it's really easy to do it right. And it's really easier to do it right the first time. And so we never went by a formula. I always customized everything. And, you know, we're also a travel agent. I mean, you have to be a travel agent before you can do events all over the world and these major productions for corporations. So we would do anything from a VIP trip for two people to a destination wedding to two, three, four, five hundred folks that would be in uh, Europe, South America. Oh, we did a glorious night in the Opera House of Rio de Janeiro. And we had a fashion show from one of the top jewelers down there because, you know, they're so known for their gemstones. That's true. And then there was a big event in Japan where I had people coming from about 14 different countries. And so it's very diversified. But um, we've got a great forte in Europe. Uh, I was fortunate, you know, it's a freedom to know a language. And I learned French from the time that I was in second grade through college. But when I was, I I was very lucky to go to a private girls' school thanks to my my wonderful parents. And my teacher was a lieutenant during the war stationed in Paris. And I know you'll appreciate this, dear, with your French heritage of many eras. Many, many. One day we should talk about your your life and your heritage, Miss T. I know. That's another time. So this woman was stationed in Paris, and she spoke French like a canary singing. Oh. I couldn't wait to get into that class every day. So I was so fortunate to learn a great French. Uh, je parle français comme ça, not je parle le français. Okay, you know. <laughs> to hear the way that French is taught here and the way that it's I learned it. It's a disaster. Oh, my God. You know why? Because they try to teach the grammar first. And when you're a child, nobody tells you, spell baby. You just go... Apple, banana, you don't spell anything. And they're doing it all backwards. This is why Rosetta Stone and all those wonderful <laughs> places of learning the language, you learn it by listening to it. At first, forget the grammar. What do you care about the grammar? So they do it all wrong. And my son speaks French, but he always gets grammar all wrong. But I don't care. It's a, and grammar is not important. And they should always be teaching the language verbally first and then the grammar afterwards. Don't you agree? Well, I think you're right. And and I believe, just like you say, learning by assimilation. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the way to do it. But anyway, yeah. so so wait, so then I'm on the road and I'm I'm using this wonderful French because I have travelers and we're traveling through France and Belgium and you know and and then we uh, I I was in Spain so much so I picked up Spanish and then I went to Italy and I picked up not just Italian but an Italian husband. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you move around. <laughs> so let me tell you that story. Okay. So I walked into a hotel in Rome and I had my charter full of people and I was exhausted because I was checking them in at the airport and then I did a briefing on board and oh networking with 250 people on an overnight flight that can be pretty tiring imagine you know a cocktail party that never ends but we get to the hotel and so I get them to their rooms and I said to the the fellow at the front desk okay I've got a dinner tonight I've got to confirm all the details would you please ask the manager to come out and he looked at me like I was an idiot so I said, look, you're a hotel. Can I please see the manager? He said, oh, a senorina. Senorina, it's a Sunday. <laughs> so I said, well, I don't care. You know, <laughs> you're doing dinner tonight. He said, senorina, it's in the soccer stadium. <laughs> so like stupid me, uh, anyone that's important is going to be in the soccer stadium in Rome on a Sunday morning. I mean... How would I know? So I was livid. So well, you went to the soccer <laughs> No, I didn't go to the, no. <laughs> but I did have issues with the dinner that night. And uh, believe me, Monday morning, I was waiting for that manager. And they told him already about me. He'd, so he uh, had grand expectations of how to deal with me. Well, he walks out and I melted on the spot. <laughs> oh, that is the, instead of yelling at him, you fell in love with him. Yeah. He's a lucky man because he could have gotten a spanking from you. Can you? I mean, it's true. 250 people are going, where is this? I don't feel well. I need a doctor. I want to go here. I, I mean, it's very difficult. We. I have a friend who does traveling right now, and he only st takes about 25 people because it is exhausting to keep track of everybody. People lose their wallets. People leave their purses on the plane. I mean, it's wacky. And so you got to keep track of everybody. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. And, you know, you learn everything is a learning curve. So I learned that as long as you keep people, especially Americans, people informed in advance. And this is not a criticism. You know, this is something special. If you share with people and they have a sense of what's going to happen and what's happening, they're in your court. They'll help you. I mean, we had a situation where there was a, a strike and we couldn't get the luggage to the airport. So, the, and this was also in Rome, because, you know, in Italy, uh, strikes are sort of a common thing. You know, strike du jour. Uh, so, <laughs> so is in France, by the way. Right. Oh, I remember one of those, <laughs> believe me. Uh, but anyway, so we formed this great chain gang. We went out to the airport. It was the little airport, Ciampino, which is a cute little charter airport now. And from the terminal all the way out to the plane, all my guests formed a chain gang and some went up into the plane. So we just passed the luggage one by one and they loved it. You know, they're going to tell that story the rest of their lives. That is hysterical. That was that was a long time they ago. They weren't wheels back in the day, I don't think. No, so that's right. You had to carry, remember we used to carry this crazy, what's the company in New York that had those big suitcases? There's those hard suitcases, very famous. Samsonite or something? Mark, Mark T. Anthony. Mm. Everybody had a T. Anthony bag. We probably weighed more than you and I put together. And they were these huge sort of like trunk-type suitcases. And you couldn't move them around. You had to have a porter. If there was no porter, you were stuck. But they had carts back in those days, I think. 
you know, uh, I'm, we're probably dating ourselves here, but uh, <laughs> I, I, it was I, it was just you know a fun story, and that's turning the crises into uh, an a positive. Yeah, exactly. That, that just makes it so cool. Well, that's why somebody it's, said, "Fasten your seatbelt for a journey to l'extraordinaire destination." All because right, you got to fasten right, your seatbelt okay. with you. So I'll tell you about that. So after, well, so not only do I do international travel for companies and 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 individuals and um. We we have obviously this extra special accent in Italy because of my husband who I okay, found so in the Roma. So I'm going to take you to marry him. So, a so day. Uh, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. That's the next show. Okay, but it, okay. but but um, he did move over here and we became partners. And he Johnny Johnny is his name. And uh, so what happened was we expanded not just from all this global stuff, but we've got this extra special accent accent in Italy because. As a hotelier in Sorrento in Rome, he's from Sorrento originally, all of his hotel cronies, the owners and managers said, well, Johnny, you know, why don't you represent us and send us some business? So we, we represent over 100 hotels in Italy and we do shore excursions and tours and travel and weddings, as I said, honeymoons galore. And uh, of course, what what can... What's better than dealing in Italy, you know? I mean, Italy yeah. has given us so many gifts and to be able to share that. Uh, and I'm going to tie all this together. Okay, pretty soon. So our business is um, also here in Palm Beach because living here, we are in a little pocket of Europe. That is true. And a lot of it is kind of with that Italianate um, foundation and architecture and design and music and the arts. So we do events here and travel and we're called like a DMC, Destination Management Company, but I call it Destination Management Creator because we share all of those special nuances that you only know if you live here, you know? That's true. So tying that all together, uh, there was a radio show called Living in Palm Beach County a few years ago that talked about all of the glory right here in Palm Beach concerts, all of our shows at the convention center, uh, marathons, symphonies, etc. And I was a guest on the show regularly. And then the host actually um, decided that his schedule was a little tight. And he said, Lexi, would you like to take over the show? Hello, here I am. I haven't taken a breath yet, have I? So, <laughs> so I was hosting Living in Palm Beach County. And, uh, you know, one day there was a vocalist that was doing a concert and he asked if I would promote him and his name is Franco Corso the voice of romance and I said of course you know you know you're Miss D you're a radio show host you love to have guests on the show right of course of course so Franco came on the show and we talked about his concert and when I heard that voice I said you know what I'm going to represent you and since then we've had this incredible collaboration and so I've taken my travel career and flown him to California to perform for some of my corporate groups. Uh, he's been at Mar-a-Lago. I arranged for him to sing in front of Donald Trump, who never happened before, did not move for 90 minutes. Didn't oh move. Oh Franco went right up to him and sang My Way, and Donald was cap captivated. So... Putting putting that into perspective, with my Italian connection with my husband, well, I said, look, let's do some concert tours where friends and fans can join you. We'll go to Italy. You'll sing in your home country. 
Because Franco is from Italy, he's from San Remo, but he lives here in Palm Beach Gardens. So I said, let's take all these people who adore you, and whether they're from Palm Beach or anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world, and they can join us. So now this year, we're on the fourth concert tour, and we're going to be in the lakes. Stresa Lake Maggiore on June 25 for a week. And Franco will sing in a castle and a manor house. Oh. Glorious, glorious. And I can't go. <laughs> no, you, you'll have to change your schedule, honey. I don't know how. It's not possible. But I think that's so wonderful because the world is your oyster, basically. You have so many contacts, so many creations. Your, your contact list must be about 10 feet tall because of all the people that you've met who love you. And who've always relied on you. I mean, some of the things on television were astounding. And they kept saying, we thought she couldn't top it. She topped it. She topped it. People were amazed at how you created their events and made their their friends and their and the leaders and the corporation happy. And they couldn't wait to see you again. And you did it again and again. And every year they just kept saying, she just keeps topping herself. Now, that's the gift. And it's a great gift. It's a great compliment to you that people are actually saying this about you rather than saying, well, that was fun. Let's do that tomorrow. And so the following that you have, I think, is so extraordinary. And you're so uh, welcome, first of all. And your talent speaks for itself. And this following of yours is beyond because they continue with you to all your journeys. They don't leave you. So tell tell us, our listeners, when you unfortunately had to quit the show, you were on the on the radio show for about three years. And you had this whole thing to yourself. You could talk about anything, right? Yeah, well, you know, there was living in Palm Beach County. And I have to say, Misty, thank you for saying those very sweet things because you make me feel very humble. And and you feel like you're you're put in a place and things almost happen to you, you know? But then you find yourself as the orchestratress. Uh, you... you kind of transition you had but, your but, baton but, you, know, you had your yeah baton. i never twirled very well but okay I mean, so okay so what happened with living in palm beach county i loved being on the radio so much and i did have some great guests i had um all the local the, the head of the the symphony and our opera and so many hoteliers but i said you know i'm talking about palm beach and i do love palm beach but i cover the the planet you know that's my turf so i decided to have a show called Lex Travel, where we would go to extraordinary destinations and conversation with international travel experts. So fabulous, <laughs> fabulous, fabulous! An advertising company couldn't have done better. So you know, I did have great guests. I had um, the general manager of the Royal Monceau Hotel in Biarritz, who stays here in in uh, in the winter time. And but that that was a joy that show. But what happened was. I needed to spend a couple of months in Rome on business with a very large group that was back to back to back. And um, I just sort of decided to suspend both radio shows for a little bit. But I took Lex Travel and I filmed my TV pilot in Rome. So again, every day was cloudless and 75 degrees. And I had a filmographer. Oh, you're going to love this, Miss D. So I had a fellow who loved the camera so much, he did not look at the watch. And when I hired him, he said, can't we do more today? And when I said, after 10 hours of walking around Rome and filming it with this restaurateur and my salon and this hotelier and at the top of the Spanish steps yeah. and overlooking the Borghese Gardens and 
you know, it never, we filmed for five days. Then when I was exhausted, he would go out literally all night and film all over Rome. Unbelievable. So the imagery that I have, you know, it's, it's priceless. So we're working on that now. It's got to be shown. It's got to be put on the air. I know. I know. And we're, we're getting there, uh, talking to some entities. Uh, but also, you talked before about when I was on television featured, you know, I was really privileged to be the best global event planner on Fox TV series, The Best of South Florida. So I took my multi-multi-year career and mashed it into seven minutes. And we showed a lot of clips and photos and video uh, of beautiful scenes around the country and the world. Um, the event in San Francisco City Hall. We did a wine festival in the Santinez Valley and showcased so much of that. <clears throat> of course, we had some great imagery from Italy. You know, I remember we were in Sicily and that villa that was used in so many of the Godfather movies, it was when it was actually the the very last scene in The Last Godfather when Michael just kind of left the world. But it was used in many, many scenes in other movies of the Godfather series. And the most famous was when Michael was young and he married that gorgeous girl from Sicily and he taught her how to drive. And there was the time when the car was brought around and then she took it and was driving and he knew at that second what was going to happen and the car blew up with her in it. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. When he lost his beautiful bride. So we used that villa for one of my corporate groups, one of my top events. And we had this screen when you walked into the estate, so they didn't know where they were. And we gave them fedora hats and we showed the scene from the movie. And then we take the screen up and there's the villa and it was all lit up and we had the car from the movie and they just went wild, wild. And you came up with that? Oh yeah! You oh, know, that's, that's easy, easy breezy. That's so amazing. And where was this uh, castle? I saw that you had this amazing okay venue at this castle. Okay, so there's a number of castles we've used all over the world. Actually, the Chateau de la Napoule, which you know near near Nice. Yeah, we've used that for a gorgeous uh, French heritage night. Oh, I'm involved with the French Heritage. Yeah, well, not not the French Heritage Society, but an evening that sort of imbued uh, the wonderful French culture with my guests. And before, you know, the day before that, we had a rally in Mercedes vehicles in the French Alps. And we sent everybody into these little villages without speaking French. They had to go. Into little, it out. little cafes and ask for something. And uh, it, it was a riot. It was just fun. But what was so funny is I just did my first rally last summer. And it was a friend of mine who had started this. He is English and American. And his family owned Cran- Cranberry, the company Cranberry. And uh, I don't think he drinks it. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's absolutely marvelous. And the cars all have to be 30 to 40 years old before you can even join this rally. So you can imagine that everything falls apart all the time. <laughs> like so a movie. You, right. So you have to have a mechanic. So they give you, just like what you said, a complete itinerary, as you said. So so I'm looking at the itinerary. Well, I really have to know what I'm doing. So a friend, a friend of theirs, because I didn't know anybody on the trip, said, darling, what goes on on this trip has nothing to do with the itinerary. They said, it's called Team Shush because whatever goes on here doesn't get out of here. 
you just go with the flow because you don't know when the car is going to break down, when something's going to happen. And I started laughing so hard. And I said, you know what? We're going to have to go with the flow on this one because I'm trying to follow the directions. Like you said, well, at nine o'clock, we have to go. They're like, but don't listen to any of this. <laughs> and we were laughing so hard because it made such an adventure even more adventurous because we were like, well, we'll do whatever we want to do. And we went to the most beautiful places in Canada, which was marvelous. We did all of St. Pr Prince Edward's Island and all this, all in these old putt-putt cars. People were stopping in the street and looking at this row of putt-putt cars. It was sort of fun. So the rally that you did in the Alps was probably a bit more civilized. Well, yeah, our cars didn't break down. I mean, they were modern Mercedes. We didn't, you know, I can't take too many chances, but but we do have a lot of fun things going on. We're actually going to be doing a, a rally uh, in another one this summer in Europe where people are walking around an island discovering uh, little treasures. Oh, that's so, so much fun. We're, we're creating it. And, Treasure hunt. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, we're using the the corporate branding mixed in with the local culture of the people oh, and the history of the destination. And, you know, it just, life keeps inventing itself. And it's such an I education. I want to be in your suitcase. <laughs> Baby, you can come yeah. all the time. Well, you know what's so amazing? I'm going to Sorrento this summer. I am landing in Sorrento. I'm doing a trip from Naples. And it'll be July 27th. I wanted to know, how far is Sorrento from Naples? Can we just get there by car? Well, it depends if you ferry, car, or swim. <laughs> and I don't think you want to swim. Well, but no, um, Naples is just across the bay from Sorrento. Now, now we're talking about a whole other radio show if we're going into Sorrento. Uh, okay. Okay. Just, well, no, but I, I, I want to uh, let me talk about that because it's, it's so close to my heart. I can imagine. Because that's, that's where Johnny's from. And, um, you know, the hotels there are all former mansions. And... That's actually, Johnny, when he started in the business, he was with the, it's called a little botone, like a little fellow that, that helps around the lobby. And he was operating an elevator at one of the hotels that goes right from the cliff top That's right. above where the Roman ruins are oh. down to their private beaches. And Sophia Loren was filming and she got into his elevator. So that's a great memory he has. Oh. But all of those hotels during the war were used for American and British sort of R&R or headquarters. And so there's a great love of the Americans and the allies in that area. So anyway, these hotels are belle époque, yes. you know, the grand and the glory. And the views that you have from Sorrento, looking across the Bay of Naples with Capri on one side and the lights of the oh. city of Naples in the background, thats n it's spiritual. It's, it's so beyond tourism and travel. And it's the Garden of Eden of food. Uh, you really can't please your palate any with more delights than We're going to have to stay a Sorrento. day longer. <laughs> now, now, there's so much lore here. So if you go around the Sorrentine Peninsula yeah. or up above the Sorrentine Peninsula, you will be in Positano. Yeah, we're and going there. Okay, that's the Amalfi Coast. Yes. And Amalfi. Yeah, okay. That's what we're doing. And that looks out to sea. Yeah, yeah. So the Sorrentine Peninsula itself, a lot of it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. I didn't know that. And it touches a farm owned by our dear friends, um, Alfonso Yaccarino and his family that own uh, Don Alfonso, 1890, which is in Johnny's hometown. He grew up with Alfonso. And they invented farm-to-table before anybody else coined the phrase. 
So they take so many of the products from their farm and use it in their recipes. Now, he has been named the number one chef in Italy. He's been named one of the top three in the world. He has every accolade known to in the hospitality and related industry. They expanded their restaurant into a relais, so the Relais Chateau. They have a chef cooking school there where chefs from all over the world come to learn under their tutelage. And uh, we've sent many people there. Of course, they're they're their friends and stay with us when they come to Palm Beach. Uh, And we've also had some of our group experiences there. But he also has restaurants in Capri, Rome, Dubai, La Mamunia Marrakesh. Wonderful. And catered to the royal family in Monaco. And... uh, we got to meet these him. Are, these, these are the folks who, who are our friends, and this is what we love to share with our travelers. So, You're going to give me a tip or two. <laughs> I am. You and I are going to, you know, offline talk about Sorrento, Positano. That's where we're all yeah, going. It's amazing. Well, I love Italy, and every year we take a trip and we all go somewhere different. This year it's only grown-ups because I used to take the kids. And then I got sick and tired of having to pay for them to go to all the nightclubs in Central Pay. I said, Sebasta, basta, that's enough. <laughs> so anyway, I, this is just an, a, a thought. So I want you all to know that you got to find this woman because, I mean, you can't do any trip without her. So so where are we going to find you? Let's find you. Well, the probably the quickest way is my website, lextravelworld.com, L-E-X, travelworld.com and from there you you can link to our hotel website for Italy which is PTI hotels and professionaltouchintl.com but lextravelworld.com and also that's where you can find our concert tour with Franco Corso because it's right around the corner and yet I've still got a a couple of spots left and I'd love to I mean this is not a a tour you're ever going to find again it's not something in a brochure this is something that I've created and you travel with me I share my insights and Johnny my husband does. It's his country. And then Franco Corso shares his music in uh, amazing settings. And there's gourmet dinners and cocktails and sightseeing and transfers. And we're in a five-star hotel, the Grand Hotel des Îles Borromé, on Lake Maggiore, in Stresa, which is like 35 stars. So oh glorious, glamorous, never come again. And uh, the information is there on LexTravelWorld.com. So a, you take a plane from wherever and you all meet there. Correct. And then from there, you do little other excursions. and We do. We do. Unbelievable. We go to, oh, oh, listen to this. We go to Isla Bella. Now, Isla Bella, you see, there's a story everywhere. And I'm going to tie this back to you, down, down to the uh, French Riviera in Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo. So, Prince Kaziragi, the, the son of Princess Caroline, yes. was married last summer. Yes, I know. There was a ceremony in Monaco. And then they went to, to the bride's start. home. They, yeah. they went to the bride's home in Italy. Yeah. And her family, she's the granddaughter of the Borromeo. The Borromeo are the banking family from centuries ago in Milan. And they own Isola Bella, the, the Palazzo Borromeo on Isola Bella, wow. right off of Stresa. And that's where one of their parties was. And the hotel where we're staying was where the wedding was entourage was amazing so you come with us and you're royalty <laughs> that's amazing 
So the trip is two weeks, you said? The, the trip is a week. It's, you know, we have a um, six nights. So you know, you fly over from anywhere and we can do the flight for you. And it's six nights in Streza and Beautiful. glorious, glorious food and dinners and gourmet and receptions. And we'll be at the 17th century manor house and this Castello medieval place where Franco will do one of his two concerts. But it's a jumping off point. You fly into Milan, the hotel's only 45 minutes from there, and then we can extend your travels anywhere in Italy or anywhere in Europe. So it's a really great destination place to go for people. I think it's fairy tale level. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, as, as everybody said to me, where would you like to live? I mean, being that I grew up in Paris and I spent a lot of time in Europe, where, if you could, where would you like to live? Guess what I said? Italy, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course, I'd turn into a 300-pound person eating all that delicious food, but that's another story. But to me, the glory, the friendship, the the, the language, l'amore, <laughs> the, the, it just, it's the most beautiful place in the world. And I have a cousin who owns Villa d'Este. You're kidding. No. He's a part, <laughs> it, no. So you can go there anytime you want. Of course, the Coca-Cola is $17, so I try to avoid it. And he has another hotel that they started, which I also went, La Massa, which is in um, Florence. Villa La Massa, outside Villa of Florence. Villa La Massa. Beautiful. And it's owned by him and his consortium as well. And his name is, oh my God, Droulers, Jean-Marc Droulers. And he's part of a consortium of hotels. And they're cousins because of my entire family, of half of my family from Europe. So I go and visit them, and they give me sort of royal star treatment. I took Sebastian when he was a young boy. Of course, he didn't enjoy it as much. But anyway, I can get you there in a heartbeat. That's the only connection I've got in the travel department. But they're divine. I mean, it's the most beautiful place. Oh, yeah. I know, I know both very well. And, you know, I've done events and taken VIPs there. But... Uh, you surprised me, dear. I, <laughs> so we have a lot more in common than I even imagined. Well, I, wow. I have somebody who owns a hotel. That's all I can say. Uh, that I well, well, you know, Villa Dessa is on Lake Como, and Lake Como is so gorgeous. And part of one of the day trips that we'll do on this trip is going to Lake Como, which is only oh. a beautiful drive but from Lake Maggiore. I mean, the lake is huge. And they're very different lakes. Very, very different. different. It's very, it's enormous, enormous. I mean, when I, I sent my son to Franklin College in Lugano, which is this, which is uh, the Italian part, which I was so upset because we couldn't get all of the Swiss food. You know, I wanted to get the raclette and I wanted to get the, the all the Swiss food that's so good. Well, this was Italian, so there was nothing but pizza, and 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 I was so upset. But you see this lake. And you're, it's just mesmerizing the the, the the vastness of how it is. And you could take boat trips forever and ever on that. I mean, it's, it's just beautiful. My son was very lucky to go to that school. It was only a semester, but he it loved it very much. But he became very European after that, which was a good thing. And now he's in school in Dallas. And he's like, what the Haiti high ho are they doing? What's going on down there? <laughs> so it all links together, right? It does. It's pretty amazing. So after that trip, do you have any more that our audience would like to hear about? Well, we customize so many trips. That's true. That uh, when we do one ourselves that we offer to the public, it's pretty special. Um, but a lot of folks come to us not just by twos, but maybe a whole family or a wedding party or a bunch of friends. And they don't want to buy a tour from a brochure. I don't blame them. And they still want to do something that's, you know, not ridiculously in, co in cost. I mean, let, let's face it. If you do VIP travel it, and you do a car and driver, that's the way to go. Because I agree. you don't want to travel on someone else's schedule. 
You want to be with your family, with your friends, and do it your way. And so we know how to do that in a, in a way that's not ridiculously expensive because even people that can afford it, they look at the bottom line. I mean, everybody is concerned about what they spend. And so we take on... We become your extension, basically, you know, whether it's a company or an individual or a destination wedding. I mean, there's so many glorious places in Europe to do destination weddings. But, Miss D, just like you say, it all somehow comes back to Italy, you know. There's something magic there, I'm telling you. We've had flag throwers and uh, chorales that sing music from different eras. And it just, um, well, actually, Bruno Aprea, who used to be, the resident conductor of the Palm Beach Opera and was here for several years. He's a dear friend of ours. And I'll see him when we go back to Rome because he's conducting all over Italy and all over the world, very famous. And I treasure the relationship that we have with him. And so it all blends together. It's not just about travel. And when we can, we try to open those doors that go beyond you know, the beaten track, like, like in Venice. Who knows about the covered passages? Who knows? In, in the Ducal Palace, the Doge's Palace, the ancient rulers, up above, there's a place where they used to keep the prisoners. Very few people even know about that. So we never fail to include that when we do a private tour for people. And let me tell you something else. You know, this is really, people don't think about this, but when you go on a public tour, you have to wear something called whispers now. Because there's guides that are talking, and there's so many guides that they interfere with each other's dialogue. So now they give you these headphones. That's true. And your guide talks into this little mic. But when we have our small, intimate groups, you don't have to do that. Of course. So there's all, and, and when you skip the line, you know, when we have um, private guides for our people, you skip the lines. You don't stand three three hours in line to get into a museum in Paris um, or anywhere in Europe. And, uh, I think that that TLC. I treat people the way that I like to travel. <laughs> so and it's wonderful, you know, it pampering. Gives, it's the it's the personal concierge. You said you do everything but let them breathe. I mean, I thought that was wonderful. Think of us as your personal travel concierge. You do everything. You people just breathe. Well, it's true. We like like you said. We say we arrange everything except the air you breathe. I think it's a wonderful and, motto. I think that would yeah. be like your television thing. We do everything for you because it is. Traveling today is very complicated, and I did a whole show on travel, trust mm, me. Mm. And it gets very confusing, and the planes are delayed, and this and that. And so when you have somebody that sort of watches over you, I think you feel a lot safer. And it is hard because traveling now is is impossible. And so it's so nice to know the personal touches and the details that you come up with. So I think our audience should really pay attention. If you want to go with your family somewhere and if you want to introduce your children to European anything, I suggest you go on her website and you go talk to this woman because I think she knows what she's talking about. And you will have the vacation of a lifetime, a lifetime, because that is so rare to find people that have that kind of care and attention to you. So with that, my dear friend, I hate to leave you because we could be talking for two hours. We have so much to say, but our time is up and we love you. And I'm going to go on one of your trips, I promise. And my final saying, as you all know, is lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. God bless you and have a wonderful day. And do go to my friend's website and get your summer vacation started. It'll, it's all there for your taking. God bless. Have a wonderful day.